The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop, I'm Will Anderson, uh, as always. I don't, I don't really don't know why I introduced myself, but here you go. I'm Will Anderson, the host of Fofop. You don't uh, know. Hang on. This might not... be someone's first show. Oh, uh, you know what? It could be. I should yeah. always remember that. Yeah. H- Hello, I'm Will Anderson. But they'd still probably know who I am because, yeah. you know, they would have like downloaded. You don't really listen to a podcast by accident the first time. Could someone have passed it on and said, you should listen to this bloke? Uh, He's maybe, fucking great. You know what? Maybe it's someone who really fucking hates me. They know that this person hates me. They've hated oh all the God. other things I've right. done. Yep. They're like, I reckon you would like the podcast. Right. Because sometimes I get feedback from people. Guess Charlie Justin Hamilton is here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need anyone to know who I am. Uh, sometimes I get, uh, sometimes <laughs> I get feedback, you know, from people, uh, you know, uh, uh, like saying, "Oh, you know, I, I do, really haven't enjoyed anything else that you've done. Oh, I yeah. really like the podcast." And I used to have to, I used that used to piss me off. Yeah, but I'm trying to become a person. I've talked about this a bit recently on the podcast, yeah. where you know what, just enjoy whatever bits you enjoy. Yeah, if as long as I keep to getting to do them, then yeah, it's fine. Yeah. If there's enough people that I get to do it, not everyone has to like everything. But yeah, maybe somebody could be like, oh, look, I know you don't like Will Anderson. Yeah. But just listen to this blank CD podcast that I've built you. Right. Put it in your car. What about if it's someone who's a massive Clawson fan who says you should listen to this and then they don't realise they should go back to the start and then they click in and they think, hang on a minute, I'm really enjoying one of these and one of these guys who appears to be the guest isn't as handsome as the voice I was expecting. And it's going to really fuck with people's expectations. So I think it's a good thing. He is handsome. Uh, oh, he's so handsome. I saw Charlie the other night. We got to hang out for the first time in ages. And, it's properly uh, handsome as well. It's, it's not, yeah. It's not. It's, you know, I like that person yeah. handsome. He's it, handsome. He's got a very natural handsome. And he, he doesn't have to do, like, he doesn't try too hard with his handsome. He doesn't try fact, at all. If anything, he's got terrible fashion taste. Oh. Like, terrible. But he still manages to pull it off because he's got, like, he's just got a natural kind of at ease handsome. And I wouldn't say it's bad self-esteem, but I would say it's the wrong self-esteem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I was that handsome, I'd be an arsehole. I would be driving cars, knowing who my father was, just laying the shit down on assholes, pointing out all my neighbours because it's in that universe, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I'd be horrific. Yeah, no, when I first met him, that's how I judged him. He always tells the story of uh, because (laughs) he was wearing like some sort of trucker cap and some sort of outfit and I was like, who invited Fred Durst? Because he just he yeah. had that. I was like, oh, I'm not going to lie to this yeah. guy. But and what I like is anyway. that he hasn't taken any lessons from that. No. In fact, we're sitting. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're in Perth. Uh, we're doing shows here in Perth. Uh, the next. Uh, across the road. Across the road. That's uh, why I'm actually staring at the venue over your shoulder. Yeah. And uh, that's where the. Uh, so we've got three shows. Um, yeah. There's a show tomorrow night, Friday night. Uh, or probably today when you listen to this, if you listen to it when it comes out. Um, there are some tickets available tomorrow night. Um, not many. Not many tomorrow 
tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, the early show Saturday is uh, getting pretty full. It's but close we, to sold out. But we added a, a 9.30 Saturday night show. Yeah. Good tickets available. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, selling well, you, you may it's selling well, but you may get to lie down. So I'm, what I'm saying is, come to that show; that'd be great. What we're saying is, if you sell out small rooms, you'd be wrapped. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, we might move <laughs> the nine thirty Saturday night show to a smaller venue. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do it unplugged. Be us without microphones. <laughs> We're bringing Kurt Cobain back. Yep, we're doing it. Right. I would love if um, just like two people, like, you know, because, I mean, it's a, a two and a half thousand seat venue. So we right. added a late show. You never know you know, how it's going to sell. No. And um, it'll have a decent crowd there. It's not a late show. It's an extra show. An extra show, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, look, there'll be a good crowd there. It'll but be great. It but, you know, it probably won't even be half full, right? Yeah. And, or maybe if it goes well, it'll be half full. That, I would love the idea that it's all the first half, but somebody who's listening to this goes, yeah, I'll come but I'm buying tickets right up the back and yes. they're just sitting there. So like the, there's like, you know, a thousand people down the front yeah. and just like two dudes way up the back. Yep. Sitting up the back going, I don't want to be weird, but from this distance, I swear the support act is Charlie Clawson. <laughs> yeah. If you get, yeah. If you get far enough away, you can pretend this is a live yeah. toe up. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. I'll, I'll do my best uh, in the second show to be more handsome. Uh, so I was going to say, Charlie, <laughs> speaking of handsome and good blokes, uh, they did the big telethon here in Perth. Yeah. For people who don't know, look up a telethon in Perth sometime. It's one of those things, like an amazing city. They raised $27 million at that thing this year. Right. Like that goes to like health and to yeah. Yeah, kids and to, like it's an amazing thing. $27 million. $27 million like for some one city. That's some state's. Like budget it's in Australia, probably not. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about maths, but I reckon it is. <laughs> I'm no big city that's, accountant. That's, <laughs> world's worst accountant. <laughs> no, that was Limo. That was Limo. He was an accountant from '91 to 2001. They were the worst nine years of his life. <laughs> Everyone's favourite uncle. <laughs> Classic Limo joke. <laughs> Uh, Limo will be doing shows with us next week at the Comics Lounge. So You know what? That is a fucking sign that your career is in the place that you want it to be. Because uh, for, for people who aren't performers, what happens is you start off with a bunch of your friends. Right. And then if you're lucky enough and you work hard enough and it's, it's equal parts, you all progress to a certain extent where you're headliners. Headliners <laughs> at different levels, but you're all still headliners. So what that means is... You practically stop seeing your like your closest friends, and I, I was, have some I was, really I was, good friends. I was talking to Hughesy like yeah. today, and he was in fucking Noosa. Right, we were in Darwin. He's in Noosa. Now right. we're in Perth. Like you don't get to. And I was like, "Hey, are you going to be in Melbourne next week? Because Limo is yeah. having a Bucks party." And I was like, "It'd be good to see." You. And he goes, "No, nah, I'm in Sydney. Like that's the life. That's you know? the life." And 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 <laughs> it, it, it's fascinating. People outside of the comedy sphere will always be amazed at how I have so many young friends. But the reason I have so many young friends is because uh, they're the people that I'm gigging with on the most regular basis. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm hanging out with them more. There. Like on a one-on-one hanging out after a gig uh, spectacular. That's good. Practice that line. That'll be good in court. Without when, when a you, doubt. When you have your Rolf Harris years. Look, and they're not far away. <laughs> Um, I, I was going to say, <laughs> when we first started hanging out, yeah, was when Limo and you were running a room in Adelaide at PJ O'Brien's. Yeah, two thousand. And I you would, came and did the first show. So, it's do you the, remember how that happened? Um, I do. Yeah, you can tell the story if you want to. Uh, we'd we'd met a couple of times, and we'd 
uh, hung out a, a, a little yeah. bit, but I didn't know you very well. But you actually said, uh, if you're ever doing anything in Adelaide, give me a heads up. And that was not in my DNA to, to ask for that. And then I saw you lining up. Uh, at the Capitol Theatre on Swanson Street in Melbourne to go and see Eddie Izzard. Oh, that was the Izzard year. Yeah, and I came up to you and said, hey, look, I I don't know, Lima and I, were going to be doing this gig. I kind of gave you the background of Adelaide comedy where lots of promoters had ripped it off. And I said, look, I hope you don't mind, but would you promote it on Triple J? And you said, well, you know what? If you kind of cover my flights, I'll just come down and do it. Bingo! We're in Perth. <laughs> right. Well, but, but that's right. But, that's how it but, happened. But 14 years later... Right. Like, to be able to go to the comics lounge and do a week of shows and they say to me, who do you want on the shows? And I'm like, right. it'd be good if, like, Hamo and Limo could do it, do you reckon? And not only for me to be able to say it'd be good if those guys could do it, but, like, Limo, busy, you're busy. Like, when I, you know, when you get that call or whatever and you're asked and they're like, yeah, we'd love to go and do that. And then suddenly you're like, oh, well, that's a good week. Yeah. Just hanging out with your mates doing shows. I cancelled a week with uh, Seinfeld at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, fuck that guy. I don't know. He yeah. said I couldn't swear and I thought, well, fuck that. Yeah, fuck you, Seinfeld. I'll, I'll hang out with Will, who I want to hang out with more. Yeah, Limo, you can, you can who I see heads. on a fairly regular basis. <laughs> but fuck you. I want to see him in the context of Will. And guess what? I'm going to swear. I'm going to drop some <laughs> swear bombs. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Fucking Seinfeld. And you know what my material is going to be about? Something. Comedians in cars saying cunt. How about that? I'm going to be a short guy with glasses who bangs heaps of chicks. How do you feel about that? And doesn't have a hang-up about it. How do you feel about it? <laughs> All right, here's what I should... Uh, that was a joke. Here's what, I, <laughs> here's what I should mention. Justin's drunk. I feel like we, we should mention that at the start. Is it start. sounding drunk? I was oh, feeling I'm, like I was articulate. You know, you are, you are being articulate, but I just but want to give them the drunk. context of the fact that you know, you're, well, they you're also being while. 11 wine articulate. Yeah, that's a 11? Fact. Do you think 11 wines? Don't be like that. No, I'm asking. No, you're right. Yeah. But it was uh, in bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, on a flight. Yeah. 11 <laughs> yeah, yeah, bottles yeah, yeah. of wine. <laughs> you, were trying to break, yeah. you were trying to break the posh version of Booney's record. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the upper echelon. Yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, can I point out the reason that I wanted to drink on the flight? Uh-huh. It's because I'm not a crier. Okay. And I like, I think it's good to cry. And I like to get a bit of shit out of the system. Sure. So, what I like to do is drink in a plane because then I watch certain things and they make me cry. Or at least teary. Did you watch something on the plane today that made you cry? Uh, I read, uh, well, I I watched the True Detective trailer again, which I've watched many times. Season two? No, season one. You've watched season one, though, right? Stacks. Like stacks of heaps of times. Right. But it just reminded me of all the things that I loved and made me teary because it's just like, you know what it is? It's a great series about two guys who one's an intellectual alpha male and one's a physical alpha male. Right. And they, they just fucking want to bond. Right. And, and they, Does they it spend... remind you of when you used to live with Brett Wheeler? Exactly. <laughs> like Wheeler was the intellectual uh, part of it and I was the physical. Brett Wheeler, the... Uh, Basketballer who yep. was six foot ten played, and won played, uh, two the, championships in the NBA. Also, the once NBL, sorry. also once played against Magic Johnson's team. Have I ever told oh, you this story? Tell me. So uh, in the lead up, I was uh, sharing a place with Wheeler. Yep. Guess what? Everyone listening, he had the top shells. I had the bottom ones. <laughs> anyway, here's the funny <laughs> thing though. He had all the he had all the comedy videos, and I had all the basketball videos. And we once oh, had yeah. someone over to interview him, and they said, "Oh, well, these are obviously yours." And Wheeler's like, "No, they're my little fellas, mates. He's down there." <laughs> And, right, but uh, that anyway. makes sense. Right. That's why you... Both living the dream through each other, right? Because 
he's really funny. You complete me. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And then I watched that guy who plays basketball for the Miami Heat called Justin Hamilton. Oh, no. And last, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a play where uh, Dwayne Wade looks left, passes right, Justin Hamilton scores, and I went, magic is happening. Um, so... <laughs> Anyway, good times. So, uh, what were we talking about? True Detective? Uh, True Detective. Yeah. Men hanging out. Just men hanging out. Uh, okay. So I respecting qu- each other. I will quickly tell you about um, what I was going to tell you. was uh, Charlie yes. uh, in this venue that is over your shoulder. That's mm-hmm. where they do the uh, telethon. Oh, right. And uh, I jokingly online, this is like just a good chart, what Charlie's like. So he said, because uh, my extra show had gone on sale that day. So I thought, you know what? I, I sent him a message. I said, you know, uh, if you if you get in a, because he was coming over to do the telethon because he's right. a Channel 7 celebrity and it's on yep. Channel 7. Home and away. And uh, so he, uh, the only show that he hasn't managed to kill. And <laughs> it's working on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Don't yeah. hold it against him. It's been on for 25 years. Like, it's it's hard to kill. Don't underestimate Clawson. Uh I can't actually say much more about this, and I don't want to. But I was talking to him about the show the other night. And oh right! I think they're really into him. The oh yeah, that, I think he's they, been great. Yeah, and I kind of feel like they would like to do more stuff with him. Yeah, which would be good. I would love. I would love the idea because I haven't really seen any of it. But I would love the idea of Charlie becoming like a a bad guy. Oh yeah, okay. That'd yeah, be that was what I was into the yeah. idea of. I would like, you know, because he's, you know what? Because he's so lovely. Like it'd we know be, him. He's a it'd cracking be bloke. Good if they went like the East Street way and Mister Bad. Mister Bad. That's like, exactly what I was thinking. They finally they get some sort of like yep. home and away. Like they have yep. an executives meeting next year. Something becomes really big. Oh, here's what happens. All okay? right. Here's here's what here's what I imagine happening. Okay. Uh, David Lynch. You know, he's doing the 25 years uh, on from uh, from Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. Yep. Needs to get his skills back up for TV. I went to a restaurant in... Uh, <laughs> I went to... This is all over the place already, this podcast. I went to a restaurant <laughs> when I was in Dallas called Twin Peaks, which was not a David Lynch-themed restaurant. I didn't know what, what? it was. It's a Hooters-style restaurant called Shut Twin up. Peaks. The Twin Peaks of the breasts. And then I was already in. Like, I was already in there and I was kind of like, oh, no, I can't, I can't leave uh, now. Yeah, but you didn't look closely because in the title it says Twin Peaks and then in brackets underneath, nothing like that cool series. <laughs> I just imagined at least the food would be wrapped in plastic. But so David Lynch uh, comes. Uh. Uh, So David uh, Lynch. (laughs) Um, uh, Comes back. He does a Twin Peaks thing. Right. It's massive. Yeah. Right. And then suddenly, you know, someone at Channel 7 falls. You know, like a a studio executive just falls in love with the idea and goes, you know what? We need to make Home and Away more like Twin Peaks, you know? Finally. Yeah. We need like some more weird fucked up characters. Because, you know, they've done this thing for the last two years where they've had like a surf gang. Right. Yes, yes. So they went that way. Yeah. So they decide next time their next arc is going to be, no, we're going to have a serial killer, but yeah. like in a really sort of, there's going to be a murder. So very much like Swim Peace. Yeah. There's a murder in the bay. Yeah. And it turns out, so it's kind of almost like Broad Church, Grace Point, Point, fucking Summer yeah. Bay. Stacks of shows like that. Oh, Summer Bay. Right. This is... Right. You know what this is? This is a spin-off. Oh, like a du- it's a it's going straight to Netflix. We're going to you know, film yeah. all thirteen episodes, and they all roll, revolve yeah. around Clawson. It's a maybe it's a, like a it's a different universe thing, right? Like it's, you know, it's like, it's like a, Gotham. Yeah, to the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. Yeah. In the it's the same story, but you can have liberties that you don't have to have yeah. everything. Like, but we're going to keep Clawson like we kept Tenant from 
uh, Broadchurch into Grace Point. No, he's the one, and it's around. You it's know, him. Yeah, it's him. So it's a cross between Broadchurch, Grace, uh, Grace Point, and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah, and Twin Peaks. And Twin Peaks, <laughs> but you got to have heats in the DNA to make it evolve. Right. So I yeah. like this. Yeah. Do we put him in a wheelchair? Like I kind of wondered on. if there's an accident. So if we're sure. going to take some old school E Street, mm-hmm. we take Mister Bad. But also one of the highlights of uh, E Street was Wheels, which was oh yeah, Marcus Graham. You know what Marcus Graham and Charlie Clawson both have in common? Uh, Good-looking, handsome men. Impossibly handsome. Impossibly handsome. Imagine Clawson in a wheelchair. Amy used to love Marcus Graham. One of the most exciting... Uh, like, she was never really <laughs> into... She was never really into anything that, like, I was doing, particularly early on. Oh, I saw a lot of it. Or any of the people that I met or anything. But when I was she there. knew that I knew Marcus Graham... Her <laughs> Bingo! Her eyes lit up. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has one of those people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Most of the time, it's you for me. Right. But this is <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> most people don't know that when we hang out, you're in a wheelchair. But anyway, that's... It that's a, no, I, it's a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. What? It's all branding. <laughs> You'll do anything to be able to sell merch. Technically, any chair I'm in is a wheelchair. It's a wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a space for a wheelchair? Oh, I didn't know I was in a wheelchair. No, we said a wheelchair. Yeah. Hey, don't fucking judge me, man. I'm in a wheelchair. I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Imagine doing that to some guy, That's some concierge. Bit, yeah. uh, uh, excuse me. I, I, uh, yeah. Do you have wheelchair access? Yeah. And then you just see me walking through with a chair. And they're like, you can't bring a chair in there. And I said, um, I'm Will. This is my chair. Right. I asked you if you had wheelchair access. Fuck this. We're going straight to Buzz right. feet. I'm going to fucking park <laughs> in like the spaces right near the... <laughs> yep. Walk away with your chair. Yeah, it's we've got chair. one of them. We've got one of them on the tour. It's wrapped. It's 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 wrapped in bubble wrap. It's, it's wrapped in plastic. <laughs> it's wrapped we, in plastic because it's true. We do tour. It's not much of a like you know. I don't have much of like a set. We don't have a bus or anything. No. But there are two things that we uh, have to lug from airport to airport, which is my stool. I yep. do. I do tour with. This is going to sound ridiculous to people at home that I have the same stool on stage and that I ship from state to state but i do it's yep. like i just like that and that dead vagrant and that dead vagrant we take him from town to town because so he's still like a vagrant right he's oh, still yeah. living the dream still or deading like, the dream yeah i mean yeah after lifing the dream <laughs> after lifing the dream <laughs> but you know you're doing the right thing by him I, he, he just you know what he was a big weekend at bernie's fan he was and a massive his dream fan was that one day when he died, yeah, the two guys yeah. would like drag him around the country and have a series of adventures. And yeah. I said, you know what? I draw the line at the Hawaiian shirt, but you have to draw a line somewhere. You have to draw a line somewhere. Here's the weird thing around though, his is, body originally. But I don't know. If, I don't know if he'd be. <laughs> that was the place. That wasn't me. That was the place. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be into all those tours of buffets we've been doing. Oh man, he we doesn't had- eat much. Well, you had a good... Uh, uh, so, the other thing is my microphone stand. I have a trigger microphone oh, yes. stand. So, they're the two things that we tour with. So Can you explain what a trigger microphone stand is for people who think, what? Yeah. Like, is that it's the greatest microphone. Like That's how you shoot hecklers. I, I go through... I probably go through one about every six weeks because I do destroy them. Yeah. So, if I'm doing a big tour... Like Melbourne Comedy Festival, I think I went to, through two or three of them. Why do you do, why do, you do that? Is it, that's an artistic thing, isn't it? To emphasise gags. Yeah. 
I think it's a stylistic thing. I don't yeah. think anyone else really does it. Hell, no. doesn't use the microphone stand and use the in the way that I do it. Like, actually, can I ask you a question? Yeah. And tell me if I'm incorrect with this. But uh, our tour manager Claire and I were standing side of stage, and you did one of those things where you say, "That's one. That's my favorite joke in the show," which yeah. you've been doing for a long time. Yeah, and I always have a favorite joke. Right, but not many people. Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, I. I we couldn't remember anyone else doing that. I'm not saying I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but we can't remember anyone else who used to do that. But what we were saying is, in uh, the Australian scene and and small pockets of it, sometimes you see people say that. But what's interesting is you never say it off the back of a bad joke. And in some parts, uh, we've seen people say it off the back of a joke that doesn't get a laugh. So yours is usually a little bit of an undercutting, but we've seen it now used as defiance. Yeah, interesting. I never really do it as a, no. I, I, it's not a joke. My thing's it's never an been a, Yeah, no, my thing's always congratulating them because it's always off the back of, mm. and often I will actually point this yeah. out to them as well. I will have a joke in the show that doesn't always land, yeah. but I will leave it in because I like the joke. It's my Rudy, you know, it's my, yeah. it's my one that I'm like, I, on, its, <laughs> on its good night, it fucking kills when people get it, yeah. but on a night when it doesn't, like, you know, I judge the audience, you know, like that, oh, that yeah, moment I where that. I judge them. Yeah. But instead of me turning that into a negative, I think it was a mindset change for me where originally, instead of like looking at it as a negative when an audience didn't get that one, I go into it now going, every other joke in the show, I'm confident will land. Yeah. This is my speculator. On yeah. a good night, it'll be the best joke in the show. And on a night, on a bad night, it probably doesn't even get a run. Like on a, I literally won't do that. Like if I feel like, you know, oh, it's you'll a tougher drop it? gig, I'll just drop that joke sometimes. Yeah. If it lands like it did last night and people really enjoy it, I like to let them know, good on, like, good on you guys. Yeah, we're all on the same page. I was like, thank you. Yeah, That's yeah, That's my yeah. favourite joke in the show. That's funny. You're right. Mm. And if you've never heard me say that, the night that I said it to you guys, you got it wrong. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't point out when you get it wrong. Enjoy the rest of this podcast. But now I'm trying to do a couple of different things like <laughs> on that. Like, because one of them that people have heard me talk about, unless it's your first podcast and you're listening by accident. And I'm Justin Hamilton. <laughs> I'm Will Anderson or Charlie Clawson. Um, so. <laughs> adjacent Hamilton, my new favorite nickname. Adjacent Hamilton. Yep. Uh, so. <laughs> right here. <laughs> I live up to the moniker. <laughs> so. Uh, and, and we actually have a person called Monica on tour. Yeah. And she's very tall. She's massive. Yeah, and has high standards. <laughs> we set everything by. <laughs> Can't live up, up to them. Monica? Oh, it's hard work. So, um, and we take her on tour because we like to make her laugh because then she's heart Monica. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, guys. Thank you very much. Heart <laughs> Monica. Bingo. Uh, so if you're she keeping score. She loves the game bingo. That, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's why. We're actually playing. She's actually in the room right now playing bingo. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try not to breathe heavily because she's much bigger than us. Right. Well, that's not her. That's those two fat ladies. By the way, that's not a fat joke. That's a bingo joke. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play the next game in five minutes. Grab your numbers. It's okay. They're out the back with the dog. And Bingo was his name. Oh. oh. Unbelievable. Andrew Dice Clay. So this is just free word association now. Dr. Zuzu Pedals was like masturbating with a cheese grater. Interesting at first, but in the end, mostly painful. 
Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> so, Did you ever drink Sam Booker milkshakes because of Ford Fairlane? Um, by the way, isn't that interesting? Ford Fairlane, uh, rock and roll detective. Right. Is, it's such a, like, I, I, I imagine it probably doesn't age well. But at the time, as a teenager, when I saw that film, right. it was almost like a perfect comedy film. It, and was, then, it was cult. And then what else? Then he didn't really get a, like, you know, like, like there should, like there's an, like there's a the, sequel to Ace Ventura, right? There should be a sequel to Fort Fairlane. Fort Fairlane, without a doubt. I can't believe they didn't. Yeah, yeah, because didn't didn't he do Fort Fairlane and then he was Madison Square Garden? Yeah, but normally you're still like you do Fort Fairlane too. Fort Fairlane too. Yeah, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's a cracking film, right? For that time when you were young, listening okay. to it, watching. Uh, it. So what was I talking? Uh, uh, I did something at the end of the comedy festival this year on the last night. It had been a really good run, but the last night was a tough night and I blamed the audience a bit. Because it was the last night, I think, particularly I'd been on the road for two months, hadn't had a night off. The show had gone really well. I was really proud of it. And then the last night's a bit of a disappointment. Sunday night? Sunday night. But normally, uh, you know what? I normally have a good show that night. My Sunday audiences are normally really some of my favourite audiences. It was just one of those shows. It was just one of those shows. Yeah. And also, we'd done the live TOEFOP the night before because I've had feedback from people who were there saying they really enjoyed it. In fact, I've had feedback from a lot of people who came and saw the show and then came on the last night just to see it again. Right. And I think even something like that can throw my read of it because they're getting it they're enjoying it in a different way the second time yeah right? yeah yeah rather than being taken surprised mm-hmm. by the joke what they're doing is appreciating the right. joke and and we often make that mistake right sometimes a comedian will be the last person to understand how his gig went it's or amazing, her gig went it? yeah right and so so that was exactly what i was going to say is mm. one of the things i'm trying to do because every year you know you know this i always try to look at something that i'm doing and go how can i do something better what mm. how am i going to be a better comedian next year yeah than i am this year and yeah. i've always thought that that was a good thing that i'm in the mo- like you know that i'm a person who every show like we did this gig in darwin last night that was like i mean everything that could have gone wrong went wrong it was still a really fun yeah. show it was fun everything that could have gone wrong went fucking wrong like and we predicted and it. we knew it oh we did it like a like i mean no disrespect to the crew there because they're all really fucking lovely but hey, we they did put a, in the effort we did a thing in the afternoon where i walked away from that just go this is not gonna go right oh <laughs> uh, yeah without a doubt i knew the exact moment and we were talking about the you may have picked up on it earlier but the pick uh, the moment that i picked up on it is uh, for people who uh, have seen will perform he likes to perform in a relatively tight spotlight yeah and be able to have the freedom him to move where he wants and the spotlight was too tight too and you tight. said oh can you just make it a little bit looser and they said yeah no worries we'll follow you and he said nah can you make it just a little bit larger and they went no worries wherever you move the sky will follow you yes yeah, like, no. I, I don't want to follow spot i have yeah. a very specific lighting state which yeah. is i just want a small circle of area right. Basically, as far as a microphone stand would go in a circle. Yeah. It, it was almost as annoying as Stuart Lee trying to explain to Ang Lee the simple joke he made when he tried to interview him. That's how annoying it was. Right. So, anyway, <laughs> we knew shit was going to go wrong, but it was a procession. Yes. Like, they, they had the wrong microphone. I always like to use a corded microphone, but they had cordless. Oh. And I don't like to use cordless because you have so many fucking problems with cordless microphones. Right. How like, many, like, if you did a percentage of gigs in your career, it would be... 95% I'm cordless mics. You know what? I'm sure that, like, that's what it feels like anyway. Without a if doubt. If that's not the statistic, 
That's what it fucking feels like. That's why I don't use them. Right. Because every time I use them, I feel like I have a fucking problem with them. I but I thought, you know what? They've got a spare one. We did a sound check and one of them wasn't working. So we used the other one and they had a spare one. And then in your 15-minute support set, you went through both of those and they were both fucked. Right. I know. The confidence I took from that gig was me on stage going, man, I'm remarkably calm in front of a thousand people I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to walk out on stage, like dragging my corded. Oh, I know. It's like it's your show. That paid stacks of money. You don't see Bob Dylan have to fucking drag out a mic stand and a cord. So then, it, like, I don't know what was going on with the smoke machine. Did they? Just- oh, just it was like every fifteen minutes, we'll just decided, hey, who subconsciously remembers "I Dream of Genie"? Is the fog coming in? What is happening here? Fuck, I mean, I know that I've got a reputation for smoking pot, but... But fucking hell, this is over the top. Am I performing in a bong? Am I auditioning for the reboot of Lost? Like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, that's what it was like. It's like, is this going to take a human form and I'm not going to disappear? You know, can I tell you a great microphone story? Well, a microphone story. Subby Valentine, who, for people overseas, would not know... Somebody's name, but he's a cracking comedian. And a great bloke. And a great bloke. And we did a gig in regional uh, New South Wales. And when we got there, there was a, there was a, a cordless mic. And we said, you know what, between the two of us, and somebody's so much more polite. And we were like, oh, my God, like, we just don't feel confident about this. Can you set up a backup mic with a cord? Right. So, anyway, I did the opening and it was fine. And then I introduced uh, Subby. And in the introduction, it was like, please... Sage, sorry, dine. And so he's walked up and we've exchanged a look and then he's try he's a fucking professional. Right. Does a few minutes and I've just turned around to the techie. Now uh the stage is in like, you know, twenty minutes in front of us and I'm standing with the techie. I said, Ah oh, man, that's twenty must- meters or twenty minutes? Twenty meters. Because that is sorry. a long time to the stage. Yeah, yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> it's a theory of relativity. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I got there, I was 27 years older than Subby, but I was panicking. Uh, I t- <laughs> That's for the science boffins. Um, anyway, I was st- I was standing there and I turned around to the techie and I said, that mic's fucking up. We need to change the mic. He said, yeah, no worries. I said, and, and Subby's looking for it. And I said, where's the mic with the cord? And, he turned, and the techie turned around to me and held it up. I went, "What? why is it not on the stage? Right. That's, anyway, That's where it's meant to be. So then he had to run down and in the middle of... Uh, like the start of Subby set, that classic thing of watching a techie in a really almost bordering on, if this was like a waiting for government, you'd say this bit's overacted. Right. <laughs> Setting it up. There's bit- <laughs> when you're trying to do a fucking comedy show. Right. And I was battling fucking jet lag. My oh, yeah. My brain was still in fucking flight mode. It was, But you know what? Here's, uh, so the only reason I mentioned that is, I think one of the things that I've in, got better at over the years is mm. being in the moment. Yes. Like I didn't let that moment, I went, okay, if this is what the show is tonight, yeah. if it's fucking loose and it's weird, let's yeah. call that. Let's yeah. celebrate that. Embrace you know, at one it. stage I spilt my beer and I tried, like got down on the floor and tried to, like that's what the show was. Like, yeah. Like be in that moment. Yeah. So I've always justified like my behavior like on that last night, not that I was, but I was just, you know, like in Melbourne in the vibe of, no, you're a performer who, because for me, every show is different. Like, even if I'm doing the same material, I'm very much, yeah. a, you know, different vibe, different. You could not, there is not two nights of this tour. That Without you, it, it's not engaging. Right. But here's what I'm going to challenge myself to do next year. Yeah. Is not mean that that had, 
I want to do that in a positive way. Yeah. So when I'm in the moment and can do that in a positive way, yeah. but not do what I did on that last night in Melbourne, which is an exception, by the way. It's not like I do that. No, that no, often, no, no. And in your defense, it was at the end no, of two no, months no, of touring. No, I don't. I don't want to be in my defense. I know the reasons, and I've thought about it. Why do you ask me to come dress as Al Pacino in Justice for All? Like, oh, just for me. Oh, that okay, fair me. enough. Sorry, 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 I misread this so, whole situation. So sorry, I didn't. Yeah, no, that was just. I thought this that was, was my unrelated moment. to the podcast. I'm right. so sorry. No, no, that's fine. I, I'm. I was more just comfortable saying what I can get away with. Turns out heaps. I want to stop that shit. I want to be able to yeah. like, use it in a positive way. But on those nights, much like we were saying about that joke, I don't want to use, like, that was my favorite joke about a joke that doesn't work. Yeah. I want to celebrate when it does work and make that the difference. Yeah. And on the nights when it's a bit, yeah, other things, just keep your head and do the show and just try to do a good job. That's- Without a doubt. I reckon there was a show during the uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival this year that for the first 20 minutes was the hardest 20 minutes of that whole run. And I reckon at the 21st minute, that audience collectively went, I reckon this idiot's having a good time. Maybe we should just loosen up. Yeah, just relax. (laughs) And they were great for the the, the last two thirds. But if you'd lost your nerve... Yeah, and you'd started or, to turn or, on them or whatever or just, just, earlier. Yeah, just being a bit judgy, yeah. and yeah. You, and you know it. You yeah, you deliver something with a uh, with a sternness rather than a smile, or uh, you know, with a faith no more fucking exclamation mark rather than a fucking Art Garfunkel g'day. How good's this voice? Kind uh-huh. of lilt. I don't know why I went Art Garfunkel. No, I was no, pretty excited to go there. Shout out. Somewhere, yeah. Some, yeah. Big fan of the podcast. Well, you don't know much about art, but you know what you like. Right. <laughs> you know what? Maybe in a previous life I was Paul Simon. <laughs> I could be. I've been to Graceland. Actually, you know what? Uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. No, just a song. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those. Justin's drunk, by the way. Hey, uh, don't let me drive this podcast. Okay. I won't let, I won't let you drive. Uh, to be honest, you'd probably sober up by the time you had to do your 100 hours to get your license anyway. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> That's what I'm counting on. Um, so, uh, God, what was I t- uh, trying to say? <laughs> um, okay. So, let's move on from that because people don't need to hear about that bullshit. But All right. um, I want to finish this story about um, the venue over here and what Charlie did. Oh, yes. And then, here's what I want to do. Right. We'll have a, a little pause. Okay. And then... We're going to come back and I want to talk to you about... Well, there's one thing in particular that I think our audience wants to hear about. My dad. Your dad. (laughs) Take that, Dave Anthony. (laughs) I can top it. (laughs) Uh, But we will get to that. Um, uh, So uh, I want to just say this. Charlie uh, at the telethon uh, got one of the young guys from home and away. Right. Because I said to him, I said... uh, he said, I'll get one of the young hunks from home and away uh, to take his shirt off, uh, you know, for money. And I said, if you get one of the young hunks from home and away to write Willuminati on his chest. Oh, shut up. And really? like take his shirt off on the telethon, I will donate $1,000 to the telethon. And that happened. Right. That happened. So is this your way of saying I'm not getting paid for this tour? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's my no, way no, of no. saying I supported the Talisman people. Yeah. Come yeah. and come and see the show. Come and see the show. Think of your money into this state. You know what? What? Think of your ticket yeah. as a donation to Talisman. Right. I've already made the donation, and you get to come along to me. It's like you won it. 
you know what? You're actually doing them a favor. Right. Because they don't have to make the effort of donating. All they need to do is buy a ticket to see you and this idiot. And you know what? I'm not even in the donation. So um, this kid, Nick Nick Westaway, I believe his oh, name yeah, is. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, is that right? Did you, yep, yep, or you just... No, I was just trying to help you out and make yeah. you feel confident about that. Yeah. Uh, so... Is he from it, it Home made, and Away? It made, yeah, and it made yep. all, like, the papers, and, like, it was right. in OK Magazine and stuff like that. So, <laughs> it was, you know... And it's he's, good. And he's really got it, like, yeah. hashtagged across his chest, and on his back, it's hashtag TOEFOP, so... Yeah. <laughs> so, do, double plug, to be yeah. honest. And, <laughs> well, that's why it's on the back. <laughs> so... I'd forgotten that I dared him this, though. Oh, right. So there's two things I love about Charlie in regard to this, which is, A, that he took my joke. and Because he said to me, I said, because I said, if you get him to, like, write it on his chest, $1,000. And Charlie was like, I knew you were half joking, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if I can make this happen. Right. And spent the whole night apparently asking people who were like, no, no. And then he finally got to this guy. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so good on him. I respect that on so many right. levels. Because I'd ask once and if someone said no, I'd be like, well, I gave it a go. Yeah. You know. But if someone asked me once, I would make that happen. So. That's exciting. So he's got him to do it, which I think was fantastic. But I'd forgotten and I've gone to bed because I was in America. It's different times. Oh, right. right. Yeah. So I've gone to bed and then I've just woken up the next day and my Twitter feed is just full of pictures of like a half naked young man. Right. And I'm like, what happened? Oh, my God. <laughs> My this career is, is going south very quickly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when, when did that happen? Oh, man. First Cosby, <laughs> now me. That's how they report it, too. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can probably call this episode First Cosby, now me. But I really hope you don't. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll get a lot of downloads probably for a lot of bad reasons, too. <laughs> that Cosby shit is fucked up. Oh, like, I'm so not into it. But, but firstly, because... Not, not into it because... You know, women have been treated poorly and... Well, first, and I mean, the the major reason yeah. that if, like, if the allegations are true and it seems like there's enough evidence that at least some... Like, I mean, yeah. be, anyway, who knows? Who knows? But let's just say if the allegations are true... Yeah. Then the first person, the first people it's terrible for are the people who are the victims of that crime. Right. First and foremost. Living with it for yeah. so long as yeah, well. Yeah, but like, literally, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Secondly... I'm devastated that one of my people. Right. I'm proud of this industry. It's it's yeah. a it's a lot of different things, but I love being part of the comedy community. I dig yeah. it, and I like people who are comedians. And this year has been a hard year for us. We lost fucking Robin, and we lost oh, Joan yeah. Rivers. Yeah. Um, Ewan uh, Gilmore yeah. from like New Zealand. Like yeah. a lot of guys. Yeah. You know, people that I knew and liked and are gone. You know. Yeah. And then this shit. If it's true that one of our fucking greats is a terrible fucking person, yeah. then it hurts It hurts our industry, but it hurts me. I went and saw him in Montreal a couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember talking about it. it was one of that. the most exciting moments of my life to see a fucking legend do Man, what he did. And then... On that cracking DVD <sighs> with a comedian with Jerry Seinfeld. Mm. And, you know, it's Seinfeld and Chris Rock, two people that we all admire greatly now. Right. Talking with reverence to what they saw Bill Cosby do. Right. And it's, I don't know, it's it's just, it is. You know what? It is, the, the key word is disappointing. Oh, it's, it's just disappointing. It's dis- on, yeah. And you can go through all the levels, yeah. but in the end, every level is disappointing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Politically, just- uh, for, the, for the industry, uh, the era, 
for the cover up, the fact the that cover people, up. The, the fact that people have clearly known about this, right? But this is what I was thinking about the other day. This is really kind of hit now because mm. Hannibal Burris did that routine on stage, right. Colin Cosby out, right? And I've been in the center of when, like, you've said something, and then suddenly the next day, you're, you know, every like it's all about you. I've been in those a few times over the years, as you well know. Yeah, and. They always come as a surprise. Yeah. Hannah will have been doing that bit for a while, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't yeah. like... And then suddenly... And now... I he, felt like I talked to Nick Cody about that bit right. well before it became and public. Has, he has taken down one of the greatest icons in the inter- entertainment industry right. with a fucking joke. Right. And there's so many more interesting issues about why it took a man to make a joke for people to care about this when all these women right. who were victims couldn't get people to care about like right. all that. Yes. All that, but this is not the podcast for that. But no. All that, that. That, that's a that's a, Compl- a very important a, and completely different Yeah, different thing to what discussion. we're talking about. Yep. But all that is all that exists and I'm happy yep. with all that to be, you know dissected. Dissected and, and whatever. And, yep. But just, I want to just talk about this idea that yes. Hannibal, who I imagine at least at some stage in his life, right, being like a guy who wanted to be a comedian, yeah, I bet at some stage he fucking loved Bill Cosby, right? Like, I'm not, like, gonna, I'm I not c- going to pretend I know this exactly, but I'm going to say it from uh, someone who lives in Australia's perspective. It goes Cosby, Pryor, Murphy, Rock, potentially. Hannibal, for where he's Chappelle. Chappelle. Oh yeah, Chappelle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But you Chappelle know, Corby. That is. Yeah. She's fucking course. massive in the black. They love her. Community. Anyone who tries to smuggle the green into a place that's full of the green <laughs> just really confuses them so much they can't help but love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, when you say that as a lineage of you know someone who breaks through and who you learn from. Right. And that's, the, you know, maybe Sammy Davis Jr. before Cosby as an all-round entertainer, you know. I mean, but I'm sure there's a bunch of it's people. Important. But the point being, like, there's no way you couldn't have grown up at least, you know, being under the shadow of Cosby, knowing about right. it. And then to know that one of your jokes has... And again, I'm not, like, trying to make this, like... When I say destroy Bill Cosby, I don't want you to feel sorry for him or, like, whatever. No, he's no, 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 77 no. years old and he's had this thing, like... No. You know, like, but we're talk- this is just language. I'm just talking about... I just want to talk about the idea that yeah. one day you fucking tell a joke. There's no way that when Hannibal wrote that joke... Right. He thought that he would destroy one of the greatest icons of all time. Right. I wonder how he's going with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because even if you I back it... Of. Yeah. I yeah. think like... Because even if you... Because oh, his mates, for example, like he rang... Chappelle apparently right. for advice about what to do, and Chappelle said to him, "You probably should make it cool with Cosby." And then apparently Chappelle uh, read what he'd said and went, oh, "You know what? This horse may have bolted." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But also, yeah. here's, here's what I will say on a fucking positive note. Here's mm. what. It's a terrible thing that it took so long for people like Rolf Harris or people like Jimmy Savile or people like, you know, Bill Cosby or whoever these people yeah. are going to be to be found out. Yeah. But for anyone who's doing that sort of stuff and you think you're fucking getting away with it. Right. Just fucking know. 
Yeah. That at some stage, people are going to fucking come for you. And they were very powerful people. Powerful. Very powerful. But too late, guys. Like, yeah. I mean, you and know, if you, you won't get away with it anymore. Yeah. And you know what? So live with that fucking guilt every day. Look yeah. over your shoulder. I, I'm only really talking to the person who had the CD burnt for them. Oh, yeah. Well, he was never know, a fan anyway. I know for the rest of you yeah. that you would never do those terrible things because you listen to this podcast. Yeah. But I imagine the guy who got the CD burnt for him is possibly a pedophile. Yeah. And, 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 and not to be an arsehole, but not only did he need to have this burnt for him, but he was in a shit band like the Lost Prophets. So go fuck yourself, buddy. Go fuck yourself. Don't want to get political. Oh, no. That, that, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Let's pause. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, we will regroup. Yeah, and then get into... And then get into the thing that I want to... We're going to stop talking about these serious things. Oh, it got serious, didn't it? <laughs> it was good, though. I haven't seen you in ages. Yeah, I mean, it's good. We'll talk... Um, you know, we get to record a few of these over the weekend, so, yeah. you know, people get to hear a range of silly and, you know, serious things. We'll get to Guardians of the Galaxy soon. Yeah. Oh, you know what? What? Yeah, that'll be interesting. Oh, yeah, I'll be interested to see what you think about that as well, because mm. I think, judging by that, yeah, okay. I might be on a similar well, wavelength. Okay, yeah, okay, quickly. We'll do quickly that. And then All we'll right, yeah. Well, it's so, probably not that big a chat. No. Uh, it was fine. I liked it the first time. Yeah. I thought the second half was really good. Yes. I thought the first half was fine. Yeah. And But I'm also not into spacey stuff. People know that. I'm I not really that. a spacey alien person. Yeah. Um, so... I thought my theory was that watching it a second time, I might enjoy the whole thing because I thought maybe the reason I enjoyed the second half was it took me that long to get into their world and understand yep. the characters and blah, blah, blah. I right? think the second half was also a lot of payoffs. First half, a lot of setups. Right. So I watched it again. I yes. watched it again on the plane on the way yes. back. Right. I still, I just think it's half a movie. Like, I mean, yeah. well, it's not a, like, I think it's a good movie. Yeah. But people, I, all these people who are losing the shit about how fucking wonderful it is. It's not wonderful. Your standards are too low. Yeah, they're very low. It's good. I'd like but that's, to, I, I that's would not go, their fault. That's yeah. where blockbusters are. I would definitely go and say a second, the second one, like, if, yeah, when they do that. Like, oh, I'll, without a doubt. But yeah, I thought, it, you know what? I thought it was fun. I watched it. They, but we I haven't. I watched it that second time and went, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm done with this movie now. You know what? I have no urge to watch it again. Yep. But I thoroughly enjoyed it while I watched it. Yeah. Like I had a really good time. All right. Uh, pause and then we'll come back. Okay. So we're back. For for them, it didn't take much time. For it us, didn't it take took us. like 15 minutes. Right. But for them, only a second has passed. Yeah. Let's say pause it. Which 15 I think minutes is, to make a sandwich. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, well, man, I don't know how much time has passed. You can pause this at any. You might have just paused it then. Right. Don't do that. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> I was just giving people the idea of what it would be like if we were on cordless mics. I know it's an irony, by the way, that somebody who does this podcast complains about somebody else doing bad sound, but it's not my job to do good sound. No, your job is to talk into a magic stick that makes right. noise and make people laugh. And I feel like if I've learned how to do sound better than the people who are employed to do... Anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but it's interesting that we talked about a minute uh, or 15 minutes I was thinking just that. ...being uh, relative. Yes. Uh, because I think that we need to talk about... Um, Interstellar. Inter how Interstellar got a groove back. Okay. Um, so why don't uh, you know one of the things I've picked up on a rhythm? The only thing that I didn't enjoy was there was no scene where Matthew McConaughey just went into Stella. <laughs> that was my problem as yeah. well. <laughs> he looked like Stanley Kowalski in a couple of scenes. Uh, you know, uh, 
listening to this podcast a lot and also being a friend with you a lot, yep. there's a bit of a rhythm to how you do these kinds of things. So I'm going to break the rhythm and I'm going to say, what do you think? So we hear about it first. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I, oh, you said that in the tweet. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it's probably my least favourite Christopher Nolan film. Mm-hmm. But that still makes it probably in my top 20 films of all time. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, I love all these movies. I've never watched a Christopher Nolan movie that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. And I'm happy to say that that streak is still going. Yeah. Um, I was surprised when somebody said to me, they said, oh, did you think it was too long? The one thing that I did not think that it was too long because I did not know where it was going and what was happening. Right. So I was constantly engaged in going well what's going to happen next and where is this going i don't really have a sense of that so i enjoyed that very much um i have a problem with jessica chastain i know she's a good actress but you know when you talk about people who leave you cold for absolutely no reason definitely um she's that for me it's hard to overcome that feeling there's just something about her that i do not respond to well right um and well that's really hard and i'm a little bit um Matthew McConaughey as well. Right. I'm still a bit hit and miss. I'm not right. sure. The McConaughey-sons, what's it called? The McConaughey-sons? Yeah, you... No. McConaughey-sons? Yep, that's it. Don't Whatever try to it say is. it too often. <laughs> you have a stroke. Matthew McConaughey will appear. <laughs> yeah. You say it three times in a mirror. He's just like Bane. Yeah, and he just, all right, all right, all right. All right. Um, so He's out the bongos. He, um, <laughs> oh, if you hadn't brought the O, we would have been happy. Uh, so... <laughs> Drop the O. <laughs> Drop the O, Matt. Just bring a bong. So, <laughs> so I um, I took a little while. Uh, there was a little bit too much. Like sometimes I find him a bit too measured. Right. Like I'm like, just say the words like a person would say the words. Yeah. All that said, I, I really did enjoy. A, I thought it was like, it was clearly his... In my opinion, he's owed to like making a 2001 A Space Odyssey type of a movie. Without a doubt. I enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed 2001 A Space Odyssey. Right. Which again, still means that because I'm not really into that yeah, spacey yeah, sort yeah. of... That's, yeah. It's just not my favourite thing. It's not your genre. It's just not my genre. Yeah. But as an example of that genre... I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know I, what? But, I but will definitely, I will definitely revisit it. Yeah, I didn't get to see it at IMAX. I would love to see it at IMAX because yeah. I think it was spectacular to look at. Yeah, um, many of the themes are things that I am interested in. Like, I love the idea. I mean, we talk on this podcast a lot about alternate, you know, different universes. And, yeah, yeah, you know, the nature of the universe and like, I there was some. I won't try to do too many spoilers. If people don't want to get it spoiled, maybe yeah, just I'm gonna I'm gonna do, you're gonna do some. I, I'll, so, I will do my best as well. But if you want to see it, maybe yeah, if you want to turn it, off and yeah. come back to us. Like we'll still be here. Pause. It's a theory of relativity. Pause for more than fifteen minutes. <laughs> when you come back, we'll be the same age, and you'll be a little bit older because you'll have seen the film. Right. Because it takes a long time. Yeah, I, I think that's right because it's hard to talk about this film without giving like at least some spoilers. N- not to be so, able to talk about it properly. Right. Yeah, so it turns out that uh, uh, Ben Affleck's wife is... No. Right. <laughs> Look, it took us all by surprise. I didn't even know they were in the film. <laughs> uh, I loved, uh, I will say this, I loved uh, that I didn't know Matt Damon was in it. Right, 
Yeah, that's cool, right? And they kept that really secret. And yeah. he is fucking awesome. And uh, it, I mean, people know this if they've seen my show, yeah. how much I, Matt Damon means to me. Yeah. And you add Matt Damon to anything, it's already better. It's already better. Put Matt Damon in any other fucking movie. Right. Put an extra one in Goodwill Hunting. Right. Like, I wouldn't mind if he played two characters like it was a fucking Eddie Murphy mil- film. I'm right? pretty sure Matt Damon does an Eddie Murphy in Goodwill Hunting too. <laughs> right. Goodwill Hunting too. But we're yeah. admit, Matt Damon Stacks plays all will. the characters. <laughs> Stacks of Will. <laughs> I mean, Matt Damon could probably get that done. I mean, him and Affleck. If yeah. they decided to go to a studio and go, yeah. look, we're going to do Goodwill Hunting too. Yeah. But Matt wants to play eight of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because Paul... There's a scene in the movie Robin like Tropic Will- Thunder. Because Paul Robin Williams is dead. Yeah. So Matt Damon decides that he can play the Robin Williams character. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as a tribute to Robin. Right. <laughs> That's a fucking movie. I want to see that. So, um... Uh, so, uh... Uh, Matt Damon being in it and yeah. his character is fucking awesome. Yeah, and, and, it's, it's, and it's, a, get- it's a brilliant bit of casting as well because you hear that his character is the best of us. Right. And he's called Dr. Man. Yep. And when he turns up and it's Matt Damon, you go, well, of course. Yeah, but then like, the twist with that character is he's not. But he's done something that is very fucking human. He thought that he could do something amazing. Right. He thought he when he signed up to this thing, I think the thing at the heart, the message of that, that bit is often we sign up to things going, Yeah, no, I'm cool with this. Yeah. I've thought about what this will be, whether it be a relationship or a job or an opportunity or whatever. You go, I've opened my and then when you're in it, you go, Oh, you know what? This is actually harder than I am- and ever you imagined. Knew it. And you knew it with and <clears throat> the brilliant part of that role and the way it's uh, in the film is that you know it from the moment you see him and he doesn't say anything. Yep. And you know, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. This isn't good. And so, that, is, that is brilliant. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I really enjoyed um, the fact that they didn't – he just basically gets into McConaughey. So for people who don't know and if you're still mm. listening and you think, oh, no, I'd just rather hear about it. Yeah. So here it is. Um He's an ex sort of uh, NASA sort of pilot, right? Yeah, and or like a yeah engineer, engineer, and he, um, uh, so McConaughey. Um, mm. They don't really have the program anymore. We're not really exploring the universe that we're, much anymore. We're, right? It's not just that. We're you know, how many a, times w- have you seen it? Five. Okay, so you'd probably are more clear with what the plot okay. is than me. So run. All right. So at some point in the future when there's been some sort of cataclysmic war right. that has also coincided with uh, environmental damage. Yeah, the Earth... I we mean, it's have, a very fictional place. Right. It's like, the it's, run out of it's like about cement. five it's months very, from now. Yeah. and Five months from when it was released. Right. Probably about three and a half months from now. <laughs> We're in stacks of trouble. But um, so what happens is uh, uh, they start to... it's. They start to encourage people to go back to doing simple jobs. Yep. Or not simple jobs, that's unfair, but uh, jobs normal are, jobs, jobs like farmers are the, Jobs that are like necessary that. to the society they now find themselves right. in. Right. And uh, something happens, which is a, a, cold, a call to arms where he has to bring his skills, which are skills that are no longer needed but things that he, their ideals, and he has to go back. But again, part of the agreement is mm. um, you are going to have to leave your children. Children. Right. You're going to have to leave your children. But and- he's given the ultimate reason 
to leave your children, which is to save them. Right. But again, that's still a very fucking, in some ways, selfish thing to do. And that's what the of movie- course. That's what the movie kind of explores. Of course, yeah. Is like the, the fact that, yes, he's doing this noble thing. Yeah. But at the same time, he's doing it in a very selfish way. Yeah. Because he's basically saying to them, I think you're important, but I don't think you're- imp-. Like, because there's part of me- that thinks if we are only in this moment and we only live this life. Right. Like, even though you're going to try to save them. Yeah. Is that really the best thing to do? Yeah. Or should you actually be spending your life with them, living your life with them? And isn't aren't the most important people in your life the people that you actually share your life with? Right. But... And, and that's one of the most interesting things at the end, to skip ahead to the end, is... Yeah. There's this scene... And again, this big spoilers. This is a massive fucking spoiler. But where he finally makes it back to Earth and his daughter... Well, he makes it back to Saturn. Well, yeah, sorry. He makes yeah. it back to her. Yeah. And his daughter... Um, it, is no longer Jessica Chastain. She is she's very old. Very old lady. Uh, and he's uh, like, well, hey, I'm back. Yeah. And then she goes, yep, that's great and everything. But now I'm going to spend... My time with my, my family. My final time with my family, the because, people that I actually live my life with. Yeah. And so that's a really interesting concept of oh, like who of those people is actually, you know, more important to her. Also, the kid who loved the dad and was proud of the dad and wasn't angry about it, his life ended up a bit fucked up. Yes. Whereas the kid who hated the dad and was mad. And turned. T- became... Like one of the most successful, important people. Right. You know, in, it's anyway. almost like a metaphor for what's going on on the planet. Right. So, <laughs> the people that love it and don't want to think about it, right, end up in a terrible place. But the people who love but are angry about it strive higher. So, I loved all that. Yep. I loved that they didn't get bogged down at the start. I think, in a, you know, if someone else was making that movie, there would have been a lot more emotional scenes of well, like, oh, so we were talking about Edge of Tomorrow and how terrible yeah, the yeah. first fucking 15 minutes of that movie is. Yeah, it really starts a, a great film off in yeah. clunk, 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 right. clunk gears. Yeah, it's like, hey, anyway. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, they get straight into it. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of tormented sort of, oh, but I'll have to leave my family and here's what no. you kind of just see him go, all right, I'm going. Yeah. And then he's gone. And then the ramifications of that action, you know, play out. In a myriad of ways throughout the movie. Yeah. So, I uh, that I really enjoyed as well. I yeah. thought that was really cool. I could not stand. And I normally fucking love Michael Caine with all my heart. But the, the way that he fucking ends every Skype call by fucking reading that poem. Right. Like- <laughs> See, I didn't think that was read every time. I thought that was the time that it was read. But we just heard it a few times. Yeah, maybe. But like it was like my running joke was that he signed up every yeah. signed off every time with "Do not go gentle into that." Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That was too much. Right. It that, that was too much for me. Um, but. You know, like mostly, I th- thought it was great. Okay, what did you? That's that's my opinion. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. You? I think it's probably my favourite Nolan film mm. uh, for 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 a number of reasons. One is, you know, as a kid, I was like, I knew, uh, you know, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins. Like, I knew those names. Like at the a same lot of time, don't that I knew know Michael Collins. Yeah, I was onto it, yeah. and uh, like that, that means you were a space fan. 
Yep. Michael Collins, for those that don't know, was uh, the guy who the did, guy who didn't get on the moon. He didn't get on the moon. Yep. Got to got to float around it. Yeah, he was there. Right, but his his name. The, he the, was. Uh, he, of course, you knew him. He was uh, Moon adjacent. <laughs> moon adjacent. He's actually my grandfather. <laughs> moon adjacent Hamilton. <laughs> I was going to reveal that at the end of this podcast, but... Uh, he actually uh, originally had a podcast, can, can can you take this photo, please? Can you take this Polaroid, please? Can you take this photo of the moon, please? Because he was the guy who was like, yeah, I was the guy who uh, took, yeah. I, I was the guy who took the photos. Oh, yeah. How, like, would you, how would you have seen them? Someone had to... Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I got the fucking shadow wrong. Yeah, Fuck got, you, I'm in a... F- Fucking Fuck shit, man! I'm in space. I'm in a spaceship. I'm a spaceship. Yeah, I'm a fucking astronaut, no motherfucker. No one fucking remembers me, Michael it's... Collins. Oh yeah, I used to hear those stories all the time when he'd have a few sherries <laughs> in the old days. Um, what sort of name is Bubs? It's not even his real fucking oh, name. That's bullshit! Oh, God, don't get Michael drinking. Oh man, too get many sherries. The, get him on the vodka and tang. <laughs> He's out of control. <laughs> The vodka and tang came back from space and oh. just couldn't quit the tang. Yeah, do you want that as vodka and orange? So I'm nah. a fucking astronaut, mate. I'm an astronaut. I'm vodka and tang, tang, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that, Mike. I could fucking I could go with vodka and tang. Oh, I wouldn't mind a vodka and tang. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Carry it around in your pocket. Imagine doing that at bars. Yeah. What's that? Straight vodka. What are you uh, tapping into it? Is that ecstasy? Is that yeah. Yeah. is that MDMA? Coke? No, no. tang. <laughs> Is that some new street drug? Are you off your head on Tang? No, no. No? Literally Tang. It's what astronauts had in space. Fucking astronauts. Michael Collins loves it. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, buddy. (laughs) Whoever you are. (laughs) Okay. Turns out it's Vince Vaughn. I, um... So you yeah. you loved uh, space and astronauts, right? And stuff. Right. So I, you're the I also, target market, and you love Christopher Nolan. I love Nolan. I've had. I don't think I'll have a better year with an actor. There's there's actors that I like more, but I don't think I'll have a better year with an actor than with McConaughey. Russ Cole in uh, True Detective yeah. is one of the. I I put him up there with Doug Ross for ER. Like I love him. <laughs> I just like I put him up there with Don Draper. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm really into that oh, character. No, no, no. I thought. I mean, I, that's definitely for yeah. me the best thing that he's ever done. I right. Don't, oh I my don't god. Know. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic as that. Yeah. I feel like watching I, that helps you understand Interstellar. Interesting. There's a couple of his conversations in that. Um, so uh, anyway. Oh, by the way, it's it has also made me be a bit more gentle on Jaden Smith tweets. You know how this week everyone's like making fun of Jaden Smith and Willow Smith because they'd done it, and we talk about his tweets a lot on this, right? But there was one of the tweets that was about how he could like you know a minute like what was time because sometimes a minute could feel like a long time and sometimes like you know small. And I was like, well, basically that tweet is just Interstellar, right? That's the plot of Interstellar, right? Why is everyone making fun of him for saying something that's actually quite profound? Maybe because he didn't do it for long enough. Essentially, he's just saying time flies if you're having fun. Yeah, he should have done it for an hour and 40 minutes rather than 140 characters. <laughs> that was his big mistake. That was his big mistake. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I think it's a really tight film. I, I love the DNA of the film. I love, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a fan of 2001. I'm not saying I'm, I'm the biggest fan, but I am a fan. But I think it's also got... A lot of the things that I like about Spielberg, and as you know, that Spielberg was originally going to direct it. I, think I liked got- I liked the sequel a lot, 2002 Electric Boogaloo. Oh, yeah, that I was good. I know that's the second time I've done an Electric Boogaloo reference this podcast. Well, because there's two it's episodes. A yeah. <laughs> um, there's a 70s film called Silent Running, 
which I'm a massive fan of, oh, which yeah. uh, is a uh, it was an old school uh, ahead of its time ecological uh, sci-fi film oh, yeah. where <laughs> I can see your head working here, where they uh, the world has put rainforests in outer space on these three ships and then the people of Earth decide we can't afford to keep them anymore and they have to destroy them and Bruce Stern is trying to stop that from happening and it's fucking, it's amazing. Having said that, I watched it as a kid and I reckon I probably cried for about three weeks afterwards and I bought it on DVD five years ago and I still haven't watched it because either A, I'm going to be crying a lot or B, I'm going to realise I should have gotten over myself. But I feel you like should, the DNA is in there. You should watch it while you're drunk on a plane. That is my perfect place perfect, to watch yeah. it. Get it and watch it drunk Shit, on a plane. I'm going to download it as soon as we're done with this. Okay. Uh, it's also got a little bit of... Um, it's It's got some of those classic uh, kind of uh, like movies like The Natural. You know, those kinds of looks and feel. Yeah, uh, sure. I kind of get that. So all, all of that really worked for me. Uh, I, I think it's a really positive film and I like that a lot. I like that it's us... Saving us, it's it- well. That's kind of what, but also that's the idea of space travel, isn't it? That like in this right. movie, they've kind of we've kind of given up. Like men are by human beings are in our very nature explorers. Yes, like we are. Yes, I mean that is true. That is a like, fact. Wh- why, have, why we're here, and people hear me bang on about this all the time, so I'm not going to try to do it too much in this. But chances are that i mean if you understand anything about the universe we are but a tiny speck in the corner of the universe we are probably at best a fucking accident that has like and this is what we've become yeah but there is something in us maybe we're the only people who are like this or maybe there are civilizations that are much more advanced than us we don't quite know yet but the thing that is intrinsic in us that has made us you know whatever that we is that we are is we explore. That's how people discovered this world. That's how people go to space. That's how we discover new things. That's how we can talk into a microphone and people can download it into a fucking computer that is more powerful than the first rocket that went into space that they now carry around in their pocket. That's how I can drink fucking vodka and fucking tang because we are explorers, you know? Right. It's in our very soul. I get it. That's what I like that's what I am. Yeah. The reason I do my job is I love learning about the world and traveling the world and thinking about the world. I love nothing more than the idea that in my job I can get up every day and go, let's have a conversation about why we're here and what we are. And like, let's, if I could go to space, I would fucking love to go to space. I would love to see what, you know, and go and. So I love that it celebrated that as well. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. I like that it said to us, whatever we are. Yeah. Something in us says we want to see what's out there. Yeah. And there's two moments. I'll tell you the two moments. There were. Uh, I didn't like that idea of like there was that kind of undercurrent of like uh, man was never meant to stay in the one place. We were meant to. No. That was a bit more like because you know that theme, you know, where yeah, they were like, yeah, I was yeah, like, that. nah, fuck that. That's like us going, oh, we're fuck this place. Let's move to another place. I do. There's a part of me that's like, you know what? This may be the only place where we can live. Yeah. Perhaps let's just concentrate on not fucking this. And we'll have a look around as well. Yeah. But let's concentrate on not fucking this one up first. Let's not rely on the fact that fucking McConaughey will save our ass. I love that bit. <laughs> but don't you mean thematic? Like, don't you think thematically it has a... Like, I, I understand the idea we're explorers and I get yeah. that. But 
Don't you think there's a kind of sense of resignation there that like we've already given up on? Like, well, I kind of figure he's saving that, this place. I kind of figure he's lived that life. He knows it's done. You know, like uh, I don't, I don't see that as uh, anything other than well, you know, this is it's done. I guess and we've that, got to do something about it. I guess the it. thing that terrifies me the most about that is I honestly don't feel like we're far away from that now. No, I agree, and and that's why. Uh, I mean, one, not one of the things I love months, about it, but maybe no, fifty years, or no, I've, uh, maybe like one hundred and fifty years. But it won't like, be one hundred and fifty years. It'll be about forty to fifty years. Uh, uh, there's a scientist uh, who comes and watches uh, gigs that I do in Melbourne, and we've talked about this. And he said, "Well, when did you first learn about hydrofluorocarbons?" I said, "About 1985." He said, "Yeah." So what did we do? We're done. Right. We're done. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that says that. So why yeah. are why are we doing this? Because uh, because people are motivated by greed, and big money does not support this, and that's that's the problem. Right. We are governed by something that we created, and that will be our downfall. Whereas if we listen to, and I don't want to sound like I'm about to bring out the Bob Dylan, but if we had listened to where we live maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, this is why I loved Interstellar. <laughs> this is... <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, it's... But but it's, it's these... Like, like I also have to put this in the context that uh, for people who don't know, I do movie reviews for uh, Mix FM in... In Perth. In Perth. And I've been doing... You're a hometown hero. Right. Well, in fact, maybe you're listening to this podcast because you're a big fan of Justin. You know, right. he's in town. Maybe, maybe that's why it is. Because you're a bit of a Thank you're you. a personality. I'm a personality. You are. You are. Thank a, you. Thank you very much. You are like Perth's Arj Barker. Right. <laughs> because you're not from here, but you are part of like this world and this community. But I feel like I'm from here. I mean, but you do. Yeah. Like, we come over here. Like we hooked up with a guy um, today. Can I? I can say Fred's name on the podcast. Can I? Fred Bodica. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a Perth legend. Yes. And a great guy who done radio and stuff over here and you used and to I did breakfast movie. radio with him right. for six years doing movie reviews and, and TV reviews a fucking awesome cat yeah right. and and like he is a prime example of how to live your life right because he is you know he's been around for a bit mm-hmm. and he looks great and looks great big heart not yeah. jaded like not jaded the, just like but he he was you feel better for catching up with him we saw him for half an hour and we both had like a little buzz on afterwards just from like yeah I sent him a text but but this is my point. He's like a he's like a big time. People in Perth will definitely know who that is. He was like number one in radio here for like twenty years. Oh like uh, yeah, holds yeah. records that are yeah. ridiculous, right? Yeah. You know, you're part of this community. You're on that show. Yeah. Like so in Perth, you literally are. You're you're the Arch Barker of Perth. Right. <laughs> so come and see the show to, <laughs> right. tomorrow at Friday. Come on, guys. <laughs> Two on Saturday. Let's get that on a poster. <laughs> I will put that on a poster. <laughs> Was, um, was there anything about it you didn't like? Nah. And uh, that is a fact. And I've seen it stacks of times. This is uh, actually, before I tell you the two things that are my favourite parts, and there's so many favourite parts, but uh, I, my flatmate, comedian, and uh, lovely Rob Hunter, didn't know what to get me for my birthday. And I'm we glad saw- that you said lovely. Lovely was a weird um, sort of, is that an, not an adverb? What's a, an adjective? Adjective, yeah. Uh, uh, Lovely was a weird adjective to use because well, the way you paused on it, you said like my uh, comedian friend, housemate, 
and then you said lovely. Yeah. Like it's, you didn't say the lovely, you went lovely. And it, it sounded like you were going to say, you're basically stand-up comedian, uh, housemate, friend, lover. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I was like... Well, I want people to freak out because well, he's... Uh, he's he's, a bombshell he's about 31 it. with uh, dark hair and glasses and uh, yeah. it's like I'm trying to bang my past. Right. <laughs> he should do a... Um, that would you make know, Rob he, feel really awkward. He should do a um, comedy festival show next year called The Hunter Games. Right. <laughs> Three Colors Robo. <laughs> oh, you guys could do a show together. So, The Hunter Games. Yeah. Mocking Jay. Mocking Jay. <laughs> Shit. Let's make this happen. Hi-Fi Bar. <laughs> Only Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> Will, Will's got a pun name. Now we have to put a show together. Look, <laughs> there's been worse reasons to start a show. Um so, so uh, Rob said, "Oh, what do you want for your birthday?" And we saw. Oh, by the way, can I just say this b- briefly? And we'll definitely yeah. put a pin yeah. on and get to Rob. Uh, the uh, tickets for my uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival show, Free Will, for next year, went on sale today. They're not free. They're not free. So, if you think about making that joke, please it's, don't. It's been made. Might stacks. It's been made stacks. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but the thing I was going to say is thank you to all the people who have already bought tickets. Oh, yeah. Because you are lovely people. Because I'm going to be honest. What? Is this the time? No, well, this is fine. Well, maybe they'll listen to it after they've seen it. No, no, I'm going to be honest. Okay. Because I'm just saying this because it's the same every year. Yes. You have bought a ticket to something that I have not written one single joke for That is yet. a fact. And I fucking love you. Yeah. Thanks for believing that by April I will have... I will. Okay, imagine will. this. Imagine this. Imagine as a kid someone says to you, at some point in the future when you can still enjoy it physically, right. people out there will just pay for something that you haven't created yet. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, you think, oh my God, I'm going to create starships. Right. <laughs> That's what I, I think. I'm, no, I'm going to create the band Starship. Oh, my God. But I'll have to invent a time travel Starship to get back to the time so I can invent Starship. Oh, what a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am also going to invent Nightmare on Elm Street. But yeah, I will, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one thing, one franchise at a one time. One franchise at a time. Yeah. I'm going to work my way through it. <laughs> I just anyway, I wanted to say that's very lovely. I know people tweeted me today going, I've got a ticket to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I will now try to write something good because you've you know It's inspiration. Good on you guys. Yeah, you've uh, okay. you've you've contributed to yeah. the show. So, uh Rob Hunter. All right. So he said, What do you want to get for your birthday? And we saw that Inception was gonna be on at the IMAX Center, not far from our house, at nine okay. fifteen. Right. And then at midnight, the first airing of Interstellar. And it was like fucking bingo, let's do that. And then I received an invite to see Interstellar the week before at 6 o'clock at IMAX. And Mm. I thought, well, you know what? Like, from the moment that teaser came out that not many people were excited about, you know for a fact this arsehole said, I'm going to see that stacks of heaps of times. Oh, no, no. I mean, you were always going to see it at least twice, even if it was like the first time you hated it because you would have seen it another time to just go, did I? Hang on. I saw Prometheus twice. Right. (laughs) You you nailed that. I saw it twice. I bought it on Blu-ray and sometimes skipped to bits and go, no, it's not working. And that makes me really sad. Good visuals. You fucked it. You fucked it. Let's be honest. You fucked it. <laughs> There's your show title. Anyway, the... Uh... <laughs> Here's the thing. Prometheus, right? That's um, oh, Ridley Scott, me. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's the thing that I'm going to say. This might be a okay. very controversial thing to say. 
Damon Lindelof gets a lot of the fucking blame for that, right? I feel like we're about to go somewhere where you feel like you're going to cut some flack, but you're going to have uh, the Sundance Kid alongside you. Really, Scott hasn't done much good stuff for a long Thank while. Thank you. And Thank you. maybe he fucked it up. Yeah. Like, you know what? I like, mean, maybe Lindelof didn't fucking nail it, but if you're no, the no, director, no. it's the director's project, yeah. and you don't know what instructions he was getting right. or what, blah, 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 he wouldn't have had full creative control. No. Ridley Scott, at the end of the day, is the guy who, you know, they're making this movie because of fucking Ridley Scott. Yeah. And when was the last time he made a great fucking film? A long time. And I feel like uh, there's there's a real lesson in, in uh, Lindelof as well, which is he is a smart guy, he is funny, he is self facing but to a fault and he took on right too much took too much of the blame right for things yeah. like lost, lost and like and it that. was in his Twitter, he thought, it was well, in his because Twitter he thought he'll be i'll be self-deprecating and i'll, I'll own, own it. it but you know what a lot of people out there don't yeah. get it and they don't respect they don't it, get it and it became a thing yeah. whereas if he had just said this is like if he had uh um, at the do, end of the sopranos this is how i want to end it but also he's just got to yeah he should have gone the pistorius Right. You know? Just yep. fucking deny, deny, deny. Yep. In the face of all fucking evidence yep. that you murdered your girlfriend, yep. apparently you can just get off if you just... Keep denying. Keep denying it. Blame Q's. Right. He wanted to do it. Right. Yep. That's But that's absolutely right. You ruined the Bates Motel. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I just think... Like, I, I just think it's weird <laughs> yeah. that Lindelof gets it all yeah. and Ridley Scott gets off scot-free. Yeah, well, that poor bastard... Uh, hashtag act- scot-free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Mr. Miracle for the nerds. Um, but here's the thing. the uh, uh, It was almost like in, in uh, an article that I read, Lindelof said, don't put my name to it because he'll get crucified. Right. Like, he knew. Yeah. And I'm sure I'd, you know, like, you know what? The aesthetic is wrong. Like, from the first film, right. Alien, you've got the aesthetic wrong. And, and so and that's you know not what? Lindelof, and, also, and that's not Spates. And Lindelof didn't fucking cast it either. Oh, yeah. And there was some fucking interesting casting. casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad casting with some bad characters. You know, and that makes a bad blend. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah. All right. So, what did you love? What were your All two right. favourites? These are my two favourite bits. And I, and I loved everything about it. I right. think the docking scene is one of the most... Oh, that was exciting fantastic. Exciting scenes I've ever seen. I yeah. love... When Matthew McConaughey and Michael Caine uh, get their penises into each other. Oh, it was a shock. It was It was shocking. Yeah. I did not see it coming. I didn't see it coming. But... Especially them getting was, the spin all right. It was brilliant. It no, was that, brilliant. No, no, that's a brilliant scene. I, I yeah. thought that was... Uh, that was probably... I agree with you. That's like a real great scene. Exhilarating. Yep. And uh, I love... Uh, uh, anyway, I love all of it. But these are these are the two moments... That one is a legitimate moment, and one is a moment that I have been holding back the okay. whole time. All right, sure. F- since it happened until this moment. Okay. First thing is my favorite scene in the whole film is when those teachers say to him about his daughter, and they say, "What are you going to do?" And he tells them, "I'm going to take him to the baseball." And when he comes out, she says, "What happened?" He said, "I got you suspended," and she says, "Dad." I fucking love that moment like there is no tomorrow okay, sure. because it's beautiful and that's the kind of dad you want, someone who's going to stand up. It's an anti-intellectualism moment. It's a, it's a bullying moment. It's someone not trying to understand a child and that dad, you know what, 
fuck you. I know my child's a genius. Here's what okay. I love it. Okay, so here's what I love about that. We said at the start of this podcast, jokingly, this story, this uh, podcast was going to be about your dad. But in some ways, I get why you like. I mean, without also, a doubt, like, I was going to go some, there. Yeah, right. Okay, I was going to go there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for people who don't know, I don't know my dad, and it's a, it's it's a, it's a hole that I never noticed as a kid. But as I've gotten older, not that I'd want to know him, but no, not you, him specifically, not in, in any way. Yeah. But you notice the absence of. Uh, and by the way, I think single mums out there are fucking amazing, and my mum's amazing. Uh, and uh, but there is, as you get older and you become an older man, you suddenly realise that maybe if I'd had a stepdad, or maybe if I'd had uh, like a like an uh, an older brother or something like that, I'd have that male role model. And it's something that I've mm-hmm. it's 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 a void in my life that at this point. It's never going to be filled. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, right. that, that horse is fucking bolted. Right, it's done. It's over. It's over. You're in your 40s. The only thing I can you, do... You're a male robot. <laughs> right, and that is a fucking tragedy. But it's also one of those oh, things know, if that if I... lost a role, you'd be a male model. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you just have to lose that role. <laughs> yeah, and I love roles. I don't give a fuck. That's the problem. <laughs> Whatever the feeling is, I don't care. I'll eat them. But this is a... But that I think that is... That just, for me, underpins the whole movie sure. to such an extent that I'm in. No, no, I, I get that. I am in, yeah, and okay. I loved it. And there's so many little moments. It's the there's a There's a beautiful moment of acting from Anne Hathaway when Tars right at the end is getting jettisoned and he says, uh, goodbye, Bran, and he says, see you on the other side. And you hear you hear uh, McConaughey say, see you there, slick. And there's a, just a moment, there's a beautiful bit of acting that's so subtle, but Bran at that point goes, wait a minute, I reckon he's going to fuck off. And then when he gives the thumbs up, fucking great, loved it. Ellen Burstyn, that moment at the end, Beautiful. I'm a Jessica Chastain fan, and not just because she favorited my tweet about her. Yep, that happened. Oh. Here's my thing that I've been holding okay. back from you. So you get right to the end, and uh, I'm into it. I'm fucking like, this is the first viewing of it. Oh, by the way, so I got went to that Thursday viewing at six, and I said, oh, well, I'm going to see it stacks of heaps of times. So I might as well go there, and I'll see it next week. And then they sent me one for the 9.15. I went, well, I'm going to see it stacks of heaps of times. So I went in at six with Adam Richard, walked out so you could see Adam, said hello to Claire Hooper, walked back down, watched it again. Guess what? Went quicker the second time. I loved it. Anyway, okay, so here's my bit. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting there watching it for the first time at the third biggest IMAX in the Southern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. which is in Melbourne, seven stories, right? And when... McConaughey is sending a message to his daughter, Chastain. There's a, there's that watch. And he's yeah. sending the message through the watch. Sure. Did you see what brand of the watch it was? No. Hamilton. And I'm sitting there going, he's sending a message to his daughter and no one's sending a message to me. Don't worry, Chris. I'll see it. Stacks of heaps of time. I'm in, buddy. I am in. <laughs> sat there very quietly because I didn't want to be one of these assholes that turns around to Adam Richard on my right and Lima on my left and go, it says Hamilton on pretty much something that's pretty stupid. But <laughs> you are essentially one step away from getting messages from Wheel of Fortune. It's going to happen. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. That's it. That's a podcast. There you go, fuckers. I don't know why I called you fuckers. I love you all. No, even in- that guy who's listening on the burnt CD for the first time. If you've made <laughs> lead it singer through, of the Lost Prophets. If you've made it through this far, mate. 
<laughs> I can't believe you haven't been shipped yet. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he wanted to listen to a podcast that was all about prison rape and we haven't talked about it once. <laughs> we're going to bring it in. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, we're doing a show together, Justin Hamilton and I, uh, in Perth. Uh, we'll Luminati... Uh, uh, so you can uh, come and see that. That would be good. Come yeah. to the 9.30 Saturday night show. <laughs> yeah, come to that one. Uh, we're in Kalgoorlie on Sunday. Uh, so there's tickets available to that as well if you'd like to come and see that. And then next week, uh, we are at the Comics Lounge Thursday through Sunday with Limo. Yeah. Uh, Becky Lucas. Do you yeah. know Becky? Yeah, yeah, I do know Becky. I think she's really funny. Very funny. Yeah, she's... Uh, she's been on the, uh, At the Shelf. At the Shelf, of course. Yeah. In fact, last time Becky and I hung out was that... At the Shelf. After the Shelf. And yeah. we were having a great time hanging out that night. Yeah. I, I've always thought she was very funny, but we actually hung out a bit that night. And I was like, oh, you're funny. You're off air as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you're, be fun to hang out with. You're constantly Funny. Yeah. yeah. So she's on the show. Uh, Chambo's doing it one night, I think, oh, when Lemo can't do it. So, man, I saw Chambo do support for Rove McManus, and I saw him perform at a gig at the uh, at Crown Casino. And I swear to God, ninety five percent jokes. Oh man! And those, that five percent that weren't jokes was just when he was taking a breath. Yeah, he's I, he's funny. Well, you know what? I'm so Michael Chamberlain. If people don't know, uh, I'm a massive fan of Chambo's. Yeah. And always have been. He's got a footy podcast with Adam Rosenbach, mm. which I really dig. fun. Yeah, I dig it. Like I loved you on it. Like Limo's been on it. Um, it's a really fucking fun podcast if you like footy. Yeah, and uh, I, I listen to it every week. In fact, they just did a new and one. There was both of them it. are really, really, funny. really funny guys. Really and funny. good guys too. Both yeah. of them real good guys. And um, but yeah, so I was really wrapped that Chamber could. Uh, like do the night that um yeah Limo wasn't coming down because as I said to Token, uh, my management company, I said uh, if people hear me bitch about this all the time, but in 1961, Hawthorne played uh, oh. the Bulldogs yes. in our second ever grand final. They had never won a premiership. Yeah. They won their first premiership in 1961. Yeah. They've now won 12 of them. Yeah, and we've not been in another grand final since. Yeah. So what I really need to do every night before my comedy show is stare at someone who's had a happy fucking life. Right. It gives you that edge that you need on stage. Exactly. Uh, so please come and see those shows. Uh, if you are listening uh, in the rest of the world, I will be in Philadelphia. Oh, so I fly back to – so after we do the comics uh, lounge gigs, mm. I fly out to uh, LA that next day. Dave Anthony and I are doing a show at the Steve Allen Theatre. Dave's oh, going to show – Dave's going to try a whole bunch of material that he's going to do in Hothead, his show that he's going to do at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Oh, great. Right. And I will be doing a whole bunch of material that Americans haven't seen. There will probably right. be some new stuff and there will probably be some stuff from Illuminati that yep. I'm working on for the special that – I haven't done in America, but yeah. either way, you'll basically be seeing like a, a whole night of brand new material that no one in America has seen. So come out and see us at the Steve Allen Theatre. It's only ten bucks. Uh, the next night, I'll be wow, at Nerd that's cool. Mel, right. uh, doing a show with uh, uh, Maria Bamford. Oh, great! So I'm doing 25 minutes that night, so it's a big, oh, we're both so doing good. big sets. She's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, then I'll be in Philadelphia uh, for that week, and then the next week I am in uh, Denver. Yeah, at Comedy Works. Uh, Don't mention the seventy sixes or the Nuggets. It's a tough year for both of those year, guys. Nuggets mate, have had two wins. In you a know row. what? Fucking legal pot. Everyone's fine. Yeah, they'll be all so, right. So um, yeah, I'll be in Denver. Uh, <laughs> I, I love for the rest Denver. of his life. <laughs> it's my third trip to the city. So please come out and see Dem- me in Denver. Then <laughs> the gigs actually came secondary. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of fucking plugs on this po- at the end of this podcast. Yeah, why not? Uh, so then uh, the week after that. I am uh, back in Sydney. Mm-hmm. I will be doing my fully improvised shows at the Sydney Comedy Store now. I'm Some doing, of my favourites from last year. Yeah, so I'm doing well. You, so I'm doing six shows 
We, uh, we only put them on sale a couple of days ago. They're half sold out already. So if you yeah, want to come great. and see me do the improv shows, um, I, you probably will need to get in this week. Otherwise, yep. they're all going to be sold out. Uh, I might fly up to watch some of them. You said that. This year, they've got a name. Oh, the show? Yeah. What's the show's called? got a name, my what, improv shows. What's it called? I, I appreciate that you're pretending like you don't know that I didn't tell you in the car, but I, thank you for the magic of showbiz. I'm the McConaughey of podcasts. McConaughey hey at Saturday. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> That's better than where I was going to go. I was going to go McConaughey Hamilton. McConaughey dad. Yeah. Oh, oh not, no. That would bring a Never screeching swirling. halt to that. <laughs> Jesus shit. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. No wonder we went to space. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I think everything was fine with the plugs. They were fine with the plugs. I, uh, That's what he said. Uh, what you talking about, Will, is the <laughs> name of my yes, uh, stand-up yeah, yeah. Uh, my I what we were talking about. What you talking about, Will? Yeah. And uh, and then, uh, of course, January 19, uh, the concert hall at the Sydney Opera House where we will be doing the last night of the Luminati tour. Um Two shows on sale, 7, seven o'clock or 7.30 and 9.30 or whatever it is. Uh, support by a fellow by the name of Justin Hamilton. Oh, I can't wait to see him. It is going to be... Hopefully he doesn't drink on the flight over. Ah, you do whatever you want, man. Awesome. It's a safe space. Yeah. It's only an hour flight, though, from Melbourne to Sydney. So Don't underestimate the little fella. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell people uh, about you, Justin. The shelf's coming back in Melbourne in December. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have uh, season 10. Uh, of the shelf. Of the shelf. That's the first 18th Best comedy show in Australia. Of December. Uh, the first show has... Uh, there's only single tickets left. Uh, and uh, the first show has uh, Tom Gleeson, Cal Wilson, Claire Hooper, Rove McManus, uh, Dave Thornton. Wow. And that's... It's uh, like a gala lineup. Yeah, it's, and that's honestly a third of who's on that night. Uh, the next night, uh, the, the next week, I think we have Tommy Little and Tony Martin and a couple of those cats. And the third week, we have uh, people like uh, Tom Ballard. Michelle Laurie's going to jump up. Oh, nice. I'm very excited about that. An yeah, old school friend of ours. So... Is going to get up for the chat as well, so that'll be a lot of fun. You can get tickets for that through Mosh Ticks. All right, uh, at Justin Hamilton underscore on yeah. Twitter, yeah, justinhamilton.com. If you want to see Justin, au, au, yeah, uh, blogging about his gigs and all yeah. sorts of things, yeah, I blog about all the gigs. And it's uh, I think uh, if you enjoy the minutiae of stand up, uh. I might give you insight for what it's like for one India in Australia. And, of course, you have your own podcast. Can you take this photo, please? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rove is the most recent guest on that. Rove's on the latest one. And uh, this year I've put up a lot of free shows. Uh, yeah. I put up Three Colours Hamo. And if, you, uh, if you're curious, um, I'd, I'd be interested to know what you think of those shows. Ah, particularly for our overseas uh, listeners who are kind of like, oh, well, you know, you hear Justin on this podcast all the time. You're like, yeah. You'd like to hear some of his shows. You have literally posted like five five or yeah. six shows like I, that you've done over the years like there's versions of different like yeah. shows and this year I, I posted four versions of this year's comedy festival show Johnny Loves Mary Forever 1994 to show the process and I'm going to put up one of uh, hosting for Rove to show people what it's like to do three brackets of as a host in Australia as well and that's all free yeah. so you can just go and check that out there you go so it was worth staying till the end it was definitely worth it all right. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon.